Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 397, covering The Red Angel, with Devlin Grimm. Hi friends, it's we're we're here again with the 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 Red Angel. Devlin is not the Red Angel. Just just to to put that out there right away. I don't think but, we need uh, to make that uh, nickname stick. Please no. make that nickname stick. It's so sick. But you get you got like the whole devil angel thing going on there. Like I don't. That's that's something, right? No. That is no. an excellent point, and yeah, please don't call me the Red Angel. Well, now <laughs> call I me want the Black to... Knife Angel. Black Knife <laughs> Angel. Yes. Got it. I'm uh, the black life angel, you guys. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is no Armis in this, and there's thankfully, a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of things that I would have expected to hate that I didn't. So that's this something. One walks a weird line between good and bad. That I would say is an accurate statement, Devlin. Like I can't think, think of uh, people like it when we do a good episode and a bad episode, but I don't think we've ever had an episode that is both of those at the same time. That's that. Yeah, it's like a Schrodinger's Red Angel. <laughs> like, is it stupid when you open the box or not? Uh huh. It, it I, is a terrifying two-faced angel in that way, but I'm yes. almost willing to commit to saying that I might actually like this show. So yeah. I guess that's that's a fair assessment, but again, this is what a bully does. <laughs> <laughs> Gives but, you a coherent plot, a nice character development, and tears it away. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, I said this all along. Like the first episode really grabbed me, and then the next seven or eight did not. But now we're on a streak again. So who yeah. Knows? I I still I hope this lines up with when they change showrunners, and this is like the new direction. We're just I'm, done now. Yeah, I'm yes. pretty. Listen until the next showrunner. Well, yeah, that is that is also true. Uh, which, until then, I will jam out to the new disco. It, mm-hmm. it is a thing, by the way. There is a new showrunner next season. You're not? Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. Well, sort of. Um, uh, what's his name? <laughs> what? Well, it, there's there's two. It's gonna be uh, Kurtzman, who's running it now, and then mm-hmm. an additional showrunner helping him because he's... yeah, one of the writers got promoted, I believe. Well, he's he's developing all those other shows or many of those other shows that are coming. Mm. So he doesn't have time to just run this show. So it's going to be him and, like you say, one of the writers. So yeah. we'll see. Deputy. Yeah. We'll, hopefully that will work out. I forget what her name is, but... Uh... Yeah, it is It is a woman, though, so that's good. Yeah. Like, all right. it's, it's not all being run by a bunch of white dudes, so that's good. Um, And, in fact, this episode was directed by a woman who will be directing the pilot of the Picard show, which is also oh. very good. Yeah. And, and you were saying the first woman to direct a Star Trek pilot. So. Yes. Yes. Amazing. And I think one of the few women of color to direct Star Trek at all. So, like, they're they're trying. They're doing better than they used to. Yeah, good work, Star Trek. You're very slowly getting better after 50 years. Yeah, 53 years in, we're, we're finally like, oh, maybe maybe we should give one. Maybe we should give a chick one of these. How about that? Yeah, get and out of fact, here, Rick. For the first time ever in 53 years, someone on this episode said, I'm gay. That, well... There's a whole, like, yes, yes, yay for that. No, unquestionable no, yay for that. But there's also some some stuff to unpack there. But before we get yeah, into we'll all get that, to that, yeah, Devlin, why don't you first tell us what happens in The Red Angel? And and I see, like everyone else who's had to summarize the show, there's there's a lot, like, it's hard to keep it to, like, a paragraph. It, it absolutely is. So strap in, because this is going to take about five minutes. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's how the show does. 
Yeah, and this is just the plot. Woof. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, here we go. All of Disco's valiant crew have turned out for Arium's memorial. They take turns reflecting on the preciousness of life, and for once, in this universe, death has impact. No matter how well they knew her, everyone is moved by Arium's absence. Except, of course, for Trash Salad, who has been let out of his room long enough to cruise a funeral. <laughs> Great. Pike, Mike, Admiral Cornwall, and Saru all catch up to catch up on the plot of the season so far, which has become an accidental Terminator. <laughs> Tilly rushes in with more plot. Turns out the Red Angel was Michael! Wait, what? Silly Tilly, it's only the end of the first act. That's not where you put the twist. <laughs> Lieutenant Logic savagely concurs. The Red Angel and Mike do make some terrible life choices. Yeah, buddy, but I bet the angel never smooched a salad. Now we gotta hunt down the angel, and his Section 31 is here to help. Of course, Mirror Giorgio has been like a, mu a mirror mother to Mirror Michael and wants to ensure we don't murder her future mur mirror murder daughter. Woof, why did I do that to myself? <laughs> Giorgio confers, confers with the sexy science squad who figure out how to trap the angel. Leland Stubble decides now would be a great time to wrap up his arc, and he tells Mike that he's responsible for her parents' death, and also that her mom invented time travel for Section 31. Why not? Damn it, Leland, that's not where you put the twist either. She punches him to the ground, and it is amazing. <laughs> My girl, I love you, but I wish you had lost more family members so you could just keep punching. Pow, pow! <laughs> Michael finds the nearest trash bag and yells at him for being in the secret police, because they suck. They're not so bad, he retorts. They built the Autobahn. They did some good things. Your hurt feelings have nothing to do with my driftless nationalism. Later, Mike turns to trash salad for comfort, and as they kiss, she lovingly runs her fingers through his rotting broccoli stems and curly leaf kale. As Admiral Cornwall says, love is a choice. A stupid, stupid choice. <laughs> Let's be clear, the only person that Mike has talked to that's able to contextualize her suffering in any helpful way is her punk kid brother. I like him, though. I hope he marries a nice boy from Iowa and saves some whales someday. <laughs> Michael figures out that she must use herself to bait the angel. Mike tells Pike and Giorgio the reasonable plan to get herself killed so the angel will show up and rescue her. Trying to outwit your future self is always a great idea with no obvious logical issues when you think about it for any amount of time. Dark Mother and Dork Father finally agree on something. Hell no, you can't be bait for the angel on some dumb planet hell. Later, Michael is bait for the angel on some dumb planet hell. As the Vulcans say, burn him if you got him. Oh. <laughs> Michael chokes and sputters and screams as the toxic gas eats away her, her flesh. Her phaser-waving kid brother keeps the crew from pulling her to safety. Then, when all seems lost, in a blinding flash of light, the angel appears to resuscitate her. But the angel has stumbled into the daddy of all laser triangles, and the disco crew springs the trap. The pilot staggers out of the time suit. <gasps> it's Michael's mother! And that's where you put the twist. The end! <laughs> I gotta say, we talked about starting a pool, like a, mm -hmm. like a contest or something about who the red angel is. I don't think anyone would have won. Nope. No. Like, I, I can honestly say, well, no one guessed that. Yeah, and... and I said from the beginning of this dumb arc that there was no satisfying conclusion to this, and I maintain that, but none of us saw this coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so another way to say nobody would win the pool, pool is that everybody would lose. Yeah, yeah that's, that's probably what happened. <laughs> I, when, uh, you're right, I should not have fallen for Michael, it's you in the middle, like or you know, near the beginning. 
but I did because I thought, mm-hmm. okay, they're just deflating the tension. They're just getting this out of the way finally. It's Michael. Let's just move on. I should have seen that. No, there's there's more to this. Well, as so- like as soon as they bring up the whole, yeah, your parents worked for Section Thirty One and built the suit. I should have been like, oh, wait a minute, but no, mm, no, no. I don't learn actually, from my mistakes. In fact, she takes the thing off, and because we've never met. Michael's parents. I wasn't sure. Like, is this supposed to be an older version of Michael? Because they cast someone. Yeah, I could. I could see the resemblance because it's supposed to be her mom. So obviously, mm-hmm. I thought, okay, they cast someone else to play older Michael. But no, it's it's her mom. So. But Star Trek has never done that. They put the actor in the worst old age makeup. That is that is the tradition. Yep. You're you're true. That that's like true. Michael is a white man now for some reason. <laughs> Michael, I'm your mother. It's Patrick Stewart. He's waiting around for the Picard show to start. He had a few minutes to kill. I'm, your I'm Michael Burnham. <laughs> also, Burnham, if you got him, I don't know if I love that or hate it. I, I think <laughs> much like the episode is, is both. How is Whichever, no one, how is no one made that joke yet? <laughs> I was panicking that someone had made that joke, but I, I went with think, it anyway. No, it's very good. Yeah. No. Yay. So, yes, yeah, so many things. So uh-huh. many things. Yep. Uh, where shall we begin? I don't know. Devlin, what do you got for a good thing? Oh, my good thing. Um, and I didn't get to any of this in my summary. Uh, there's so many just lovely scenes between characters in this episode, which we've all been clamoring for this whole season. Mm-hmm. I know you have on the show and I have, you know, just in my apartment, nodding mm-hmm. my head. Uh, we had a great scene between Braces and Michael and Michael and Giorgio and Cornwall and Dr. Boyfriend. And it's sort of like, yeah, we get a little breathing time and we get some time for these characters to reflect on what's happened. And it really gives some gravitas to the rest of the dumb plot that's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing that really stuck out to me was for the first time, like, OK, all the time stuff is stupid. I think we're all pretty much in agreement that, mm-hmm. you know, time paradoxes and self-fulfilling, you know, par- whatever is uh, we've seen this a million times. Who cares? But we've always said they need to slow down and talk a little. And and they did that. And yeah. the episode played out in a straight line. And I understood, like, all the plots related to each other. And it mm-hmm. wasn't, like, stacking a bunch of incompatible elements on top of one another. Like, it felt like one story, one show. Yeah. It was nice. It's about damn time. Yeah, no I kidding. know. More of this, please. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um So uh, much good. Like, that, that Cornwell Dr. Boyfriend discussion is very good. Well, and that's my good thing. Although he does come poking around for free therapy, which you should not do. <laughs> this is this is my good thing, though. I I said this last week. Uh, I'm glad she's back on the right side because early in the season they were setting her up to be on Section 31's side. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, mm-hmm. I really liked her. I don't want her to be part of the evil secret police. And she's not. She was one of those, uh, during the war it made sense, but now we need to back off of this. And I like that. And I like her seeing, I like seeing her use her psychology powers. Like, if we can't have Captain Saru, can we at least contrive a reason to have Captain Cornwall next season? Like, a captain with a background in counseling would be something we've never really seen before. I would love Captain Cornwall. And honestly, awesome. she is she is such a badass. She's such a fascinating badass. Because yeah. she's really co- she's not only come around on Section 31, but they were not even on the ship before she was running into the room to yell at them for being Section 31. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, this girl, this is what I want to see. Yeah, and, and, you know, last season she was sleeping with Lorca, which was a little... Look, we all make mistakes. That's true. Michael's still making that mistake to this day. Yeah, but she also had those badass scenes over on the Klingon ship. Like, yeah, that's pretty awesome. No, there was there was some good potential between her and Laurel that never came to anything. But for a minute there, it seemed like, oh, this, this could be cool. Mm-hmm. And, no, I really like her. And I don't want her to lose her rank. 
Like, I don't want that to come at the expense of we like there are no lady admirals in the original series era. There, There's none. So yeah. mm-hmm. I kind of like that we now canonically have one and I don't want her to lose that. But on mm-hmm. the other hand, sh- like thinking ahead, we know Pike's not coming back next season and they're probably not going to give us Captain Saru. So who are we going to get? Well, she'd be a great choice. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. She'd be a great choice for this sort of idea they have of having a captain per season as well. Because yeah. they could contrive a reason for her to command the ship and then go back to her job. That's true. That is true. But mm-hmm. I think, like, as a as a as someone with a background in counseling, she'd be an excellent diplomat. She'd be good mm-hmm. at like diffusing tension, at you know, like negotiating kind of scenes, and like, I I don't know. I'm always looking for a new angle on a captain, and they've done pretty well with that so far. Yeah, and, you know, she'd be another one. I kind of like the idea of her starting hails with, so what's on your mind? (laughs) (laughs) But also she reaches a point where she's not taking your shit anymore, too. It's not like, oh, yeah, it's not like Counselor Troy at her worst, where she's just willing to, you know, put up with everything. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So there's that. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, also speaking of regrettable uh, love choices. Oh. oh, the king of ex-boyfriends is back. Uh-huh. Yeah, so this my, is a bad thing. My accidental arch nemesis is back. <laughs> it's it's purely by chance. You said this is a week I'm free. We didn't know what was coming, so it's not really you know. This is a week I'm free, and the other free week was the dumb Game of Thrones and all his pathos that didn't make sense episodes. So I did choose wisely. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you made the right choice on this Hooray. one. Yeah, but not. <laughs> but why? But Michael is not choosing wisely. No, I can't and. Matt, this is your bad thing, right? Yeah, so Mike and Bag Salad finally make out in this episode, so there's no way that's th- that guy's going away for a while. Like, I don't know. They, the, the show's basically made its choice, and its choice is this hairy moron to fucking stand around <laughs> breathing hot breath all over the <laughs> ship. <laughs> so you think hot the, salad breath. You, oh. think the, you think the windows in his quarters are just constantly steamed over? Uh, just, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Huh. I was turned into, oh, thanks, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a fine line. I mean, Rom had that same problem, but he had novelty teeth to, to blame for that. This guy has no yeah, excuse. Th- th- this guy has no excuse. No. And I don't know. I, I see your argument there, and I th- it's a valid one. You're, mm. you're, you're definitely onto something there. But I also think maybe they're setting up a they're not going to end up together. Like, it's another tragic, like... One last kiss and then something happens, but they've done I, that. I, with I him feel already, like they so. can't. They can't have ended last season the way they did, and then bring him back just to, so that they can not be together again. How like, many? How many goodbyes has this character had, though? Yeah, exactly. Like at least two. No, so, so like now it's like all right. Now we've done it and done it and done it. Now we're gonna we're gonna have them him stick around, and we'll see how the relationship plays out. Uh, and how it's gonna play out is boring and stupid. Now, I mean, I, in addition to hating him. Because he's awful. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for him to be in the show. He's the wrong sort of character for this kind of show. Yeah. He belongs in a Philip K. Dick novel. I just, I don't understand <laughs> yeah. what's going on with him. No, and it seemed pretty obvious they were setting him up to be on the Section 31 show because, like, okay, your spinoff has one familiar character and now it has another one. That yeah. kind of makes sense, but... yeah. Uh, I don't and know. I like the idea of he doesn't know where to go and he also has nowhere to go. So let's just put him on another show already. Well, yeah. like everything interesting about him is over. Like his whole deal was being like 
the spy from from the whole Klingon thing. We're not doing the Klingons anymore. They haven't shown up in forever, thankfully. And, like, what is the point of you to just stand around and go, whoa, geez, Section 31's pretty cool, I guess. Oh, here's the thing that happened. Uh, I forgot he was a Klingon to the point where when Leland was dragging the Klingons, he said something like they would murder all the humans while they're still primordial soup. He looks right at Tyler and says, no offense. And I'm like, did he call him soup? (laughs) (laughs) Does he know about our dumb food jokes? Hey there, thick and chunky. Sorry about that. (laughs) I can say this quite honestly. uh, Lieutenant Ash Tyler does not eat like a meal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, soup and salad. I do not not want to know how he eats. Thank you. (laughs) He eats, though. That's for sure. Uh Well, we saw him in the mess hall before he got it before he beat up fucking a dead guy. So that that no, he got beat up by a dead guy. That's true. Yeah, you got me. And actually, the the scene Devlin talked about the pow pow scene, um, which it will now be known as officially. Pow pow. Yes. Um, I love that she completely telegraphed. This is for my mom. Punched him. Waited a minute. Then he got up and she punched him again. This is for my dad. How did he not know that was coming? And I, uh, what I think is it's very similar to the scene where Lieutenant Ash Tyler got punched because it's it's that same. What are you going to do? Yeah. You just told her you murdered your her parents. You're just going to have to take the punches, man. Mm-hmm. You, you yeah. can't fight back. There's no there's no winning this one. Just take your fucking punches. Yeah. Go get I your face know. fixed up so your eyes ready to get punctured. Oh god. <laughs> I do like the idea that he did not read those telegraphed punches because he's bad at intel because uh <laughs> computer runs the secret service. Mhm. Yeah, that could be. He's just there to wear leather and have stubble. I just want to see him from the ground. Why did you hit me? <laughs> What was that for? She told him. That's for my mom. Ow! Could not make it more clear, man. Well, I'm The other sta- one? What's for my dad? <laughs> well, I'm going to stand up now, and I'm going to expect absolutely nothing to... Hey! <laughs> no, it's not, like, it's not like I have two of these coming for any reason whatsoever. <laughs> but coming back to that bit you were talking about where he said primordial soup, I, I saw this in your notes, Matt. The mm-hmm. idea that Klingons invented time travel... I guess sat wrong with you. Oh, that pissed me right off. Yeah, the Klingons were working on inventing time travel, so we decided to invent it first. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> the Klingons? Okay, so, like, by they were planning to invent time travel, do you, did you get footage of them staring at a clock and thinking hard? And, like, <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, they invented warp drive and possibly a cloaking device and a bunch of other things. They're not fucking, stupid. Fucking Klingon scientist fell off of his toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I got the idea. Cathor, we've got to go back. I mean, Christopher Lloyd was a Klingon. That all That's ties true. together. Oh my God. It's all been planned all along. <laughs> he was one of the first modern Klingons. Yeah. Uh, I All that time travel Biff stuff. Cannon, at first, renegade and murderer. <laughs> At first, the time travel stuff didn't sit right with me because, like, wait, so the Klingons invented it, and then the tech ended up on the black market, so just anyone can have time travel now? But then I saw Devlin, you put a note, like, oh, yeah, that ties into the Harry Mudd thing. Like, oh, right. oh yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah, they said time crystals, and I'm like, that's the dumbest assemblage of words I've ever had to hear. And then I'm like, yep. no, wait, they actually have said that before, and it was rad. So. Yeah. 
That's true. Yeah. And at first I was like, wait, time travel's too big of a deal for just any dummy to have it. Wait a minute. We've already seen a dummy have it. That's that's canon now. So Yeah, so we're heading into season heading into season three. Uh the new section thirty one is gonna be the Bureau of Temporal Investigations. So look yeah. forward to that. I mean that's Which more is run by Harry Mudd. Yeah. <laughs> that was I, I said uh, Harry Mudd might be the dumbest choice for the Red Angel, and I don't know if that's necessarily true. Actually, my my Dark Horse last minute, and I didn't write this down anywhere, so if I was right about it, I wouldn't be able to take credit. I thought it was going to be uh, Lieutenant Agent Bag Salad Bag Bad Penny Ash Tyler. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because he went back in time to save Michael because love, mm-hmm. and then they would do some kind of tragic bullshit where he has to die again. That was that was my logic there. I mean, that would give him something to do instead of just hang out in his room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you can't fit that hair and that beard under that helmet. It's true. There's Helmet's no caught. He'd have to get like a Dumbledore beard braid. Yeah, you have that whole uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man thing. <laughs> that, guy, that guy had like hidden play hair and somehow he put on a Spider-Man mask. I just don't buy it's, it. It's far too poofy. Yes. <laughs> much, much too poofy. He was Mr. Poofers. <laughs> Built-in Poof. helmet. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Poofers speak- must die. <laughs> Speaking of the Red Angel, this is, uh, your bad thing relates to that, yes, Devlin? Oh my god, my bad thing. The Red Angel sequence actually I thought was spectacular, cinematic, the lighting, the composition, and then the angel actually appears and there's a heavenly choir. Mm-hmm. Like, heavenly mm-hmm. choir, Star Wars music. It's not a real angel. We all know it's not a real angel. Why would you double dumb on down on this dumb metaphor (laughs) it really took me out of the scene i would love if it was actually like an actual angel with like feathers just showing up michael burnham (laughs) well behold the face of your one true god it would be quintessential star trek for them to say yes your earth religion was based on me visiting earth six thousand years ago like i have had many names apollo yep uh boomer Let's see, who else is in Battlestar Galactica? Starbuck. <laughs> there you go. Starbuck was an angel. That was the, like, spoilers if you haven't seen oh, Battlestar fuck. Galactica. Here's the thing I never thought I'd say. Babylon 5 did it better. I've heard a lo- I've heard that a lot, and usually I stop talking to people when they say that. <laughs> really? Because I was hard into All Babylon right, 5 for about a year. <laughs> no, most people I know were. I think, I t- uh, I think most people are hard into Babylon 5 for a year, and then that's the end of Babylon 5. Yeah, pretty much. I have very personal, specific reasons. There was someone I was dating who ended up dating uh, one of the CG artists on Babylon 5. So, like, I have a personal grudge against it. Like, I was dumped for someone on Babylon 5. Listen, now, there's plenty of reasons to not like J. Michael Straczynski. Well, I mean, he sucks at endings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he keeps writing the same story over and over again. Did you know walking? How about walking? Uh, that didn't bother me. <laughs> um, Actually, speaking of sort of... Like this is this is an interesting segue. Speaking of dumb comic book developments, mm-hmm. the thing with Michael's parents being in Section Thirty One reminded me very much of was it the nineties when they said Peter Parker's parents were secret agents who were murdered yeah, or, because they uh, were secret early agents. Early nineties, Peter yeah. Parker's parents were secret agents who worked for Shield who fought the Red Skull. Yeah, and I had to <laughs> I had to check with you because you know comics way better than I do, and sometimes I'll say, "Well, that sounded stupid," and you're like, "Well, it was stupid for a minute, and then it was great." So, like, I just wanted to make sure that no, that was uh, always stupid, right? I don't like to speak on behalf of everybody, but no, no, nobody no. gives a shit about Peter Parker's parents. They're the least important part of that no, character. Aunt May and Uncle Ben are his parents. His yeah. his real parents are long out of the story and always have been. 
Yeah, like, well, and, and that's the whole point of Ant-Man and Uncle Ben. And that's how I feel about this. Sarah and Amanda are Michael's parents. Michael's mm -hmm. real parents were murdered when she was a child and are out of the picture. Why are they now secret agents? It's exactly the same thing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but also, like, a good portion of her motivation last season was tied up in Klingons killed my parents, which caused me to act extremely impulsively when faced with a Klingon, which led mm -hmm. to a whole cascade failure of bad decisions. Only now that's all sort of been undermined because her secret, her parents were building a time machine for the secret police. I would have loved if she could have turned to, to uh, Leland in that big scene and just gone, so in a way, you started the war. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that'd be nice. That's a load off. Yeah. Look, I, never thrown out. I never should have been a mutineer in the first place. <laughs> you dick. Now let's use your secret time travel to bring real Jojo back. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then real Jojo and Mirror Jojo can get in a fight. No, they will make out. They will absolutely yeah. make out for sure. Oh, they'll totally happen. make out. Because she's an evil bisexual. This is uh, this is evil Kira all over again. Yeah. Mirror, mirror Kira. Kira. Yeah, mirror Kira. Kira. Oh, God, I've been watching fucking, of all things, Riverdale, just because <laughs> I love that terrible show this week. And uh, Archie's in prison for a while, which is great. Um, but there's a character, the warden is named Warden Norton. <laughs> which is like the fucking rural juror. War Warden Norton. Warden Norton. I can honestly yeah. say I don't remember that character from uh, when I used to read Archie comics, but no. uh, a lot's happened since then. They are way off the map. They did a whole, like, Gotham City No Man's Land thing, too. It was, oh, my uh, God, was that's amazing. Oh, it's so, so bonkers. Uh, Everybody got addicted to snuff in the Ghiblis. I, there was, there was, um... The drug last season was Jingle Jangle. That's a real oh, thing. Oh, Jingle Jangle. I'm sorry. Yeah. This, season, this season, it's something stupider, and I can't remember what it is how, off the top of how my How do you even say that with a straight face? And I, I haven't seen much Riverdale, but I can I can tell you for certain a lot of people said Jingle Jangle with a straight face. No, there's a there's it is a real testament to the actors on that show that they can sell all that goofy bullshit with a total... Like, Skeet Ulrich is a way better actor than I ever thought he was, because he he's like in a motorcycle gang and has to talk about they're hooked on jingle jangle the ghoulies are coming for the jingle jangle excuse and he, me he kind of sells it barely a sentence on 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 this show at some point i would love to play a game where we take mm -hmm. a sentence out of context of jughead's terrible voiceovers and michael <laughs> burnham's terrible voiceovers and see if you can tell the difference now these ghoulies that were hooked on jingle jangle how uh -huh. groovy would you say they were uh not they were a motorcycle gang they say that Jingle Jangle comes in threes. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, I don't know which one that is. <laughs> uh, but I don't know if that's stupider than, again, building a time machine for the secret police. Oh, my God. So my rea exact reaction to, uh, Michael, your parents worked for Section 31 and they built the Red Angel was, fuck you. See, that was my reaction, I don't know, six weeks ago when Giorgio says, you think she'll ever find out you murdered her parents? Mm -hmm. Like, I knew we were coming back to this. And I'm again, I'm glad we got it out of the way and we didn't stretch it out because I figured this reveal would be in the finale or something. So, yeah, right. If nothing else, that's done at least. That's how you go. That's how you end season two with your. What? Yeah, she found out. Uh huh. Yeah. I think so I least... found a comfortable place where I'm just disassociating from the dumb plots and enjoying Michael related or like reacting to things. Well, that's oh. same thing with Spock. Like Spock is yeah. dumb, but seeing her react to her dumb kid brother is amazing. Oh no! Yeah. All, no, all of their interactions are priceless. The, the, the yeah. scene is stupid, but uh, Michael's—I can never remember the actor's name. Her reaction. Nicola Martin Green. Yeah. Oh, her reaction is so good. Oh, it's so yes. good. 
Like she's going through so many things just all at once, and like it's all just there on her face. No, and that's why we always complain about the dumb voiceovers. Yeah. Is because trust your actors, man. I already yeah. know what's happening in her head because she's showing me on her face. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, she Doesn't really need your is. help. No. This whole cast is amazing. I yeah, mean, that's true. And they never get to see them run around. I mean, yeah. Arian was just showing up for makeup for 20 episodes and then pulled out a heartbreaking episode last week. Yeah. yeah. And I, I felt a little emotionally manipulated. I said it at the time and I still feel that way, but it worked. Mm-hmm. So I like the show did something right. So I'm going to give it like I'm going to grade it on a curve at this point. Yeah. Like you made yeah. me sad. You cheated a little to make me sad, but that's OK. You still made me sad. So mm-hmm. that's all right. And honestly, the opening scene of this felt the same way. Like it's hard to fuck up a Starfleet funeral. Like that's that's a that's a home run right there. And oh, that and was they, my good thing. Yeah, no, and they nailed it. But I mean, yeah. it was it's a very safe choice. And I'm not saying that as a as a criticism. I'm just saying like, okay, you know, if nothing else in this episode, at least this part's going to be good because yeah. it's hard to fuck this kind of thing up. No, the speeches are good. Saru sings, and it's actually quite moving. Yeah, it's I, apparently Doug Jones actually sang, so that's yep. cool. In Kelpian, which they just invented. So. Yeah, just for this song. And yeah. like the couple of scenes they've had with him and his sister, I guess. The traditional Kelpian uh, sing, uh, death dirge. Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah. Ting, tang, walla, walla, bing, bang. Uh, at least he didn't go with the alternate choice. Uh, ding, dong, the witch is dead. <laughs> that would be in poor taste. No, it was it was a very good scene. And we got some really nice like wide shots of the entire crew, which we hardly oh, ever see. Oh, that was so oh, good. Yeah. I love yep. that kind of thing just to like it's it's a very hey look at all the people who live here shot and I always love that kind of thing. I've seen some people complaining that this is the Michael show and I don't first of all I don't understand that complaint. Yeah. But second like this show is it's not the same as other Star Trek shows. It's not about the main bridge crew like seven or eight guys. It's mostly about Michael and then everyone else is sort of a supporting character mm-hmm. like more like a modern show is, and that's okay. Well, they said that going in, that the main character wasn't going to be the captain. It was going to be Michael. Like, yeah. I think the rotating captain thing helps sort of support that. Yeah, absolutely. That way It'd you be don't nice get... to see more from the seven or eight other bridge guys. Though, no, I absolutely sort of agree with that. Yeah. yeah, I 100% agree with you on that. But now we is... might be doing that. So. I, yeah. I don't want to get less Michael necessarily. I just want to have less dumb plot and more, you know, like there's plenty of room for, for Tilly and for... For Bryce and Reese, who I still don't know which one is which, because Bryce and Reese sound almost the same. I was going to say, Bryce and Reese sounds like one guy. <laughs> Reese is the one who keeps getting yelled at by Lorca, so I don't know which one he is anymore since Lorca's and Bryce hangs Lorca from came the... back from the dead to yell at him. Right. And Bryce hangs from the ceiling of the cave, of course. <laughs> That's a stalact Bryce. Oh, God. Yes. You gotta brace the Bryce. Uh-huh. <laughs> But also, we absolutely need more Detmer. That is my number one. Like, if I had to pick yep. any of those bridge people that I want to see more of, she's number one. Mm-hmm. She's so good. Also, speaking of number one, where the fuck is number one? Where the fuck is number one? I was really excited to see a lot more Rebecca remain this season. There's there's an article going around, and a bunch of the nerd websites have this. Like, uh, next season, uh, uh, Anson Mount and Rebecca Remain won't be on the show. Like, Rebecca Remain was on the show? Yeah, right. <laughs> She's she showed, still eating hamburgers. Yeah, she showed up to eat a hamburger, which was great. That was mm-hmm. that was a good scene. But I kind of was under the impression we'd be getting a tiny bit more of her, maybe. Yeah, I assume when they like, honestly, it's a Spock thing all over again, where they were like, "Hey, Spock's coming." Where it's, it's like, just like, "Yeah, no, we got uh, what's her, we got Rebecca Remain to play uh, number one, the famous character from the pilot." Yeah. Hi, bye. But 
and I've said this a bunch, but the prequel setting, like, okay, we know everything there is to know about Spock, and they've managed to make him good despite that. We don't mm-hmm. know a lot about the prime version of Pike. Like, we spent a little time with the alternate Pike, but not this one, yeah. except for the cage. And we don't know anything about number one. Like, that was the whole thing, is she was kind of mysterious. Mm-hmm. So good. Let's spend some, let, like, we're back here now. Let's learn what her deal is. And nah, we're not going to do that. Nah. That was a as good opportunity. As, as long as I'm paying for uh, CBS All Access, I'm going to remain optimistic about the show I'm going to watch. So I hope she comes back. No, I, you know? I, me too. Yeah. I just so far I've been a little disappointed there because they cast a good actor in a role that I'm very interested in seeing, and we hardly got any of it. You know, like I want to see her some more. Now, the one thing that article really said to me is they're like, "Hey, uh, Pike and uh, Number One aren't coming back next year." No one said anything about uh, Spock not coming back next year. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I did not notice that. Would not be surprised if somebody decides to join the crew for a couple of seasons before he heads oh, back to Enterprise. I don't want that. Well, I don't want that either. I like him, but I don't want mm-hmm. that. I wouldn't even mind if he showed up once a season now, like Michael goes back for Vulcan Thanksgiving and yeah. there he is or whatever. Like, well, no, because he can't, he still hasn't reconciled with Sarek yet. Yeah. Ugh. Well, that's that's the thing. I like them playing off of each other, but you keep yeah. him around and it turns into the Spock show just by nature of it being Spock. Like... I would say this episode did a good job of not making it that. Mm-hmm. He was there. Yeah. He was there to support her, but it was her show, not his show. Yeah. And that's what he always should have been the whole time. Uh, yeah. And God, their scenes together are so good. Oh, They're my so God. Good. They're so sassy siblings. I love it. Yeah. Well, there's there's the bit. Uh, we might as well do your quote, Devlin. Cause this, oh, this, yeah. But this is my quote. This mm-hmm. part this is, is excellent. The... This is the first time that Spock drags out uh, Michael. That supposition fits her emotional profile rather precisely, particularly her drive to take responsibility for situations often beyond her control. Thank you for sharing that with the group, Spock. Uh huh. No, that was very good, and and like I had to pause it because I was laughing so hard. It was so good. <laughs> but then, like near the end, um. When she's doing her stupid uh, sacrifice, like, kill myself to save the world, which yeah. is exactly what he fucking said she would do. It's the most Michael fucking plan you can think of. That's what he just called her out for in that quote. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, um, what he says, I we understand. We know this character, and also we've gotten to know this version of the character. We know what he means is, please don't die, I love you. Mm-hmm. What he says is... Technically, I would be responsible for your death, and then I'd be a murder suspect again. Don't ruin my career by dying. <laughs> I fucking love that. Like, that's... Thanks. And she Thanks, knows what Buck. that means. She knows that means don't die, I love you. But uh-huh. that's not what yes. he said. They both grew up speaking Sarek's language. So. I yeah. know. I love it so much. <laughs> and it 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 very much, like, uh, pre-post... Uh, I don't even know because it's a prequel. Like, I don't know. It's His relationship with Bones is going to be the same way. Yeah. It sort of predicts, but also comments on a thing that happened a long time ago. Ah. <laughs> no, it, it works. It just works. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. Uh, I also else? love how pissed off he is. It's like, oh, the Red Angel is my thing. Oh, it's Michael's thing now. Of course it's Michael's thing. It's always uh-huh. Michael's thing. Uh, yeah. Michael, Michael, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> We're hunting me. <laughs> there are a couple there are a couple lines where she says we're hunting me and the variant says you and it's unintentionally yeah. hilarious yep absolutely agree i was worried uh when uh as as devlin calls him leland stubble very good uh called uh, talked about the uh, inventing time travel with the klingons blah 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 and there was a temporal arms race i'm like oh oh no 
oh no. Yeah, right. But temporal arms race and temporal cold war, I guess, are different things. Mm-hmm. If only because I understand what this is. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense of it's a yes. thing that could happen. Yeah. No, I, I I was real worried for a second there that my prediction about uh, them going back to the temporal cold war was going to happen. Well, I mean, I we we all hated it, but it never was completely resolved. They just yeah. dropped it and. I could see these writers saying this is sort of unfinished business in Star Trek canon. Let's let's fix it. And I don't want that, but I could see why mm. they would do that. You know, don't uh, uh, discovery writers. I know you're listening. Uh, don't you're it's fine. You're fine. Everyone's fine. You you saw what, how we felt about Archer being on the list of good captains. That was already too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Discovery Discovery Writers, let's be clear. It's an unfinished, uh, unresolved plot because that series got canceled. Because yep. it deserved to. Mm-hmm. I, it, well, it was unresolved because when they when the different showrunner took over in the last season, he's like, This is stupid, let's do something else. So that the was the wisest voice on that entire show. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like it got a lot better, but yeah. at least there was no more Daniels. Oh, my Remember fault. Daniels? Yeah. Lousy fucking extension cord wrapped son of a bitch. I, I more than one listener when I when I was talking about let's hear your dumbest theories about the Red Angel said it could be Daniels. Like, ooh, it could be too. It could have oh. been Daniels. Oh. I guess Daniels could still be wearing like a fucking Michael's mom suit. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I mean There's a if, twist no one would see coming. If 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 um Voke could put on a Lieutenant Ash Tyler suit. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. The technology exists now, and we're 500 years or 1,000 years or whatever it is later, so. Yeah. Oh, man. Ugh. No thanks. Leland Stubble and Daniels, who the least compelling characters ever to grace Star Trek. The worst <laughs> spinoff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so we definitely need to talk about the, the scene between Stamets and Hugh and Giorgio. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm gay, we... you're gay, he's gay, everybody's gay. Mm-hmm. Now, I love... That someone in Star Trek canonically out loud said the words, I'm gay. I yep. get why that's a big deal and to be celebrated. It absolutely is. But also the two men kissing in a close up kind of already said that you didn't necessarily need to say it out loud. I don't mind I, them I, saying I, it. I, I think the words are important. You know? They are. They are. They absolutely are. I'm not saying that they're not. But I'm saying it's more important to me personally and to a lot of people to normalize it. Mm-hmm. To not like, I'm not saying they should shut up. I'm not saying anything like that. What I'm saying is they lived together. They were a romantic couple. It was completely normal and nobody made a big deal out of it. That's a good way to go. He didn't need a scene where he's like, you know what? I'm gay. Like that. I don't know. It, it felt a little heavy handed to me is all mm-hmm. I'm saying. And you know what? Being out and proud in that scene is really undercut by the fact that it's with the villainous bisexual. This, yeah. This yes. character who's like loaded down with these queer quoted, coded Ugh. camp uh, tropes. It's yep. just... Don't be shouting that at the He-Man villain. It's fine. Yeah, right? that, that's that's also an excellent point, yes. Yeah. And the thing is, I've seen people say, this was important. This was a big deal to me. This was... And look, I'm not going to tell you it's not, of course. Mm-hmm. I, I, That's not my place to, and I don't think that it's not important. I'm just saying it felt a little clumsy. Yeah. And Well, Giorgio also brings up pansexuals for the first time in... Uh, which is good. Except, in Trek, which is good. Again, good, everyone but coming in the out of the wrong character. Pansexual. Yeah. And Everybody in the mirror universe is just in a pile all the time. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know how they get any genocide done when they when they're constantly <laughs> fucking. Yeah, sex pile. Maybe also, that's a part of it. Oof. I hope not. That's I'm a whole sorry. other message that I don't want to hear. 
like, like a couple oh, of genocide, things go... sexing, and eating people. That's that, they're all the same. They're the all the three moons. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, and I'm sure that Mira Stamets was straight for Giorgio just because she would kill him and eat him. Otherwise, yes, yes, exactly. And there's she not called... really pansexual at that point. Yeah. No. It, it's I'm gonna fry you in a pansexual. <laughs> it's a very specific fetish. Yep. Yes. Oh, also, it's Vore. They're all into Vore. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I mean, they are. I also, swore she... an oath on my parents' grave that the word Vore would never show up on this show. And now... <laughs> Sorry, well, dude. Now I have to go make restitution to somebody. Also, she calls uh, uh, Dr. Boyfriend Puppy, which, like, uh, hmm. What is... Uh, yeah, uh, right? What's... Oh, it's Puppy. I thought it was Poppy. No, no, I oh, watched it a second way time. better. It's Neither puppy. is great. No, it's all, it's all just, uh, like, look, we're all, we're all happy that Rick Berman is probably spinning in his grave over this. Let's be clear. <laughs> the grave Trek fans buried him in. Yeah. If only. Uh-huh. We should have done that. If only we'd had a bigger shovel. I yeah, know, right? no. He moved, he moved to the Bahamas. Uh, where there's no Trek extradition policy. Damn it. <laughs> now he's spinning his grave so fast that my spit caught fire. <laughs> uh, what else? Dr. Boyfriend looking very good in his suit. Uh, yeah, they keep they keep adding to his whole deal and making him hotter somehow. He 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 starts showing up in this in this very like this very modern suit which one looks very good but two I couldn't help thinking was that the suit you were buried in? Mm. No, because the the mushroom thing regrew him naked. Remember, just stole it out of his own coffin. <laughs> no, they shot I... his coffin in space. Obviously, <laughs> my suit. Uh huh. I gotta say, the future civilian clothes on this show tend to be really great to the point mm-hmm. where I want to wear them. Definitely better than Star Trek has traditionally been. Amanda, in particular, calls out the terrible civilian clothes in other Star Trek shows, but but they're definitely better about it in this one. Well, see figure A, everything Jake Sisko ever wore. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Although, uh, we have not discussed Spock's bitchin' leather jacket yet. Ooh. Oh, his motorcycle jacket. Yeah. Yo, what? <laughs> oh my god. What? Well, last week he had, like, leather jeggings, too, so. I was I so sure I they were gonna put him in a in a disco uniform like they did with Pike, but no. No, he's still, he's still on leave. He's not active duty. Even though they give him a phaser, that doesn't make sense. I don't know, that didn't fucking stop uh, Culber from fucking helping everybody out this year, or this episode. Uh, they very specifically said, uh, Cornwall specifically says, I know you're not active duty yet, I know you're not, like, signed off to, to be a doctor yet, but would you mind helping? Like, she yeah. she like they talk about it, so. I know, but, like, there's a perfectly good other doctor on this show. At least one. Mm-hmm. Also, I was just getting like to want to know her more, and yeah. where'd she go? Where's uh, uh, Doctor Pollard? That's her name. Yeah, there are too many characters to the point where they can't pay all the actors. Yeah, that's yeah. Although like, you well, did, we're gonna have a scene with Doctor Boyfriend in Cornwall, so I guess he has to be Doctor in this week. Yeah. That's why they had to kill Arium just to lighten up the load a bit. Actually, but uh, oh. Devlin pointed out that uh, yeah. her replacement. Oh yeah, uh, Lieutenant Nelson is played by the same actor, so. That's very cool. That's so cool. Yeah, they didn't just kill off this character and put this actor out of work. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, and she pulled it out. She did just so great last week. I can't wait to see what else she can do. I, I love the uh, that her her coming on the bridge and everyone just sort of looking. Yeah, yeah. there's there's so many things going on that when this like uh, young blonde woman shows up on the bridge, I'm like, well, who's this now? Why is everyone? Oh, 
Oh. Yeah. Like it took me a minute to figure yeah. out why everyone was so uncomfortable. It's like, oh, oh shit. She's going over. Okay, I get it. She's loudly clearing away all of Arium's stuff and putting it into a cardboard box. <laughs> Tilly, you were supposed to do this. A picture on the beach. This is garbage. <laughs> I mean, you better be taking pictures on a beach right now. <laughs> oh, I hope the season ends with everyone sipping jippers on a beach. <laughs> right now. Right now. You look I mean, we still have a cape. We still haven't gotten our uh, our mud episode this season, so it's possible. No. He's yeah, got, isn't I he mean, we're running up out. For like twenty episodes over yeah, seven some, seasons or something. Some ridiculous yeah. thing like that. Yeah. I don't I mean, know. At like, this point, I'm here for it. Yeah, like I, we said going in, like, do we need more Harry Mud? But now it's like, yeah, I think we do. Uh huh. He said two appearances. Well, three. The the prison one was okay, but mm -hmm. the other two appearances were outstanding. So. Yep. I think, um, I don't know, but I want a levity episode is what I'm saying. I want like a yeah. wacky, like, like, let's step aside from all this stuff and do something dumb for a week. Let's do mm -hmm. like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but let's do something like Rascals for a week. <laughs> Harry Mudd and Michael's mom go on a heist. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm putting a team together. <laughs> well, they're the, they're the only ones with time technology that we know of. So that's true. Time heist. <laughs> oh, amazing. Security will never think to look for this space whale. We can sneak right through. <laughs> They'll never think to look for us in time. <laughs> oh, God. Or when. I mean, wasn't wasn't that a big thing in Enterprise? They'll never think to look for me in the past. Yeah, they hid in time a lot. They hid in uh, 1990s Detroit, as I recall. Oh, where they stole people's blood, of where course. Where they stole blood. <laughs> That's a real thing that happened. Boy, Enterprise as sucked. Yeah. As opposed to when the aliens stole souls in uh, the 1890s in um, San Francisco. Ah. Oh, and yet that wasn't even the worst thing in that episode because fucking um, Mark Twain was there. I'm back at <laughs> the time traveler. With my pistola. Why, why, why don't you love me like I love you, Al? <laughs> You're my best friend. Oh. Al, I was also in 1990s Detroit. <laughs> Stealing, Stealing people's blood. blood. I'm it got, everywhere. It got all over my white suit. <laughs> I'm everywhere you want to be. <laughs> I'm the red angel. <laughs> no one would have seen that one coming. Michael, I have to save you from the future. Mr. Data's coming for you. <laughs> you trapped me in your Ghostbuster beams. <laughs> Oh, Devlin did point out some laser triangles, Matt. You must have been very yeah. excited about oh, that. I was delighted. Of course you were. Haven't been any laser triangles in a while. I was watching the episode with Amanda and Tidro, and they pointed out uh, they were building another chair. Mm -hmm. Yes. For Michael um, to sit in. A death chair with death music. Of yep. course. Michael's death chair. Michael's uh -huh. death chair. That's going to be touring around at like auto shows later. See Michael Burnham's death chair. <laughs> I don't All know right. what kind of damage it takes to end up in like a Miriam or an Arium suit when Michael has in this show burned off all her skin like twice. Yeah, that's true. Like, like how, how badly injured was this poor woman? Was she just a brain? Maybe she was just a brain. She might have been just a brain. Wait, brain and brain? Maybe... What is brain? <laughs> She maybe had to breathe because she died in space. Also, so, brain and a nose. A so is there a 
is there an alternate branching version of this where her mom didn't come back and she just died? Like, presumably, the reason her mom came back is because Michael died and she wanted to change that, right? Uh-huh. I guess. Is that uh, how the logic universe, works? Yeah. Because I'm sure we were all thinking, well, this doesn't make any sense, like, trying to trick older version of her. She knows she didn't die because she's not dead. Mm-hmm. So at least all of that sort of fell into place. Where it's like, yeah, but her mom saw a version of the future where she died here, so she had to come back and stop it. That's how it works, right? I guess. I don't know. I'm I, trying to yeah, figure it out. I guess. Yeah. I just, like, that's what they were trying to do. I don't know. I mean, honestly, her mother saving her makes way more sense, because if there's one thing I know about Michael, it's that she wants to die. Well, that is also mm. true. But it's it's also less a predestination paradox that way, because mm. now it's not like she already has to have had had done it. Had 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 done it. Of course. Sorry. Excuse the hell out of me. <laughs> I'm honestly putting so much effort into not figuring this out. Yeah. I'm just no. like totally phased out until Michael starts punching people. For this <sighs> for this kind of show, I'm totally fine with just give me the information I need. It doesn't really need to make sense. Just mm-hmm. as long as I'm interested in the characters. That's the, the, that's the Doctor Who rule. Yeah. Time like, crystals, fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wibbly wobbly time crystals, whatever. My time Jeremy crystals. bury me. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. I mean, honestly, that makes the most sense of anything. So It absolutely does. Our. The eye broke me. <laughs> Did, that right uh, there, the the dot, that broke me. So wait, does that mean that I was right about comparing these two guys and that uh, Lieutenant Agent Ash Tyler is actually Derek? That makes a lot of sense. Is he Maximum oh, that Derek? Makes so much. That's Maximum Derek. And uh, like, Culber is is secret hot like Cheaty. Yeah, that is also true. But like um. Uh, Ash Tyler, like he he had the giant beard. Is like we we were all saying like the only person who can pull that look off is Jason Menzukas, and you are yep. not Jason. So he's like minimum Derek. Yep. Yeah, it's all coming together. See, it's yeah. a good show. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we definitely made that joke last season when they were in the mirror universe, and it's like you know this is the bad place. That was, mm-hmm. like, I'm sure, in whoever summary that was last week or last year. All right. Anything else? That's everything I got. Devlin? Yeah, I think that's everything for me. Very well. Well, we've only got, what, four more left this season? Yeah, I don't know if we're going to have time for a levity episode. <laughs> yeah, I I don't, I mean, maybe an epilogue. Maybe all this yeah. shit wraps up in, like, uh, number 13 and number That'd 14. Nice. Everybody, like... uh, last episode, everybody gathers around the TV to watch fucking Apocalypse Now and then falls asleep. <laughs> it's an insane Seder play. <laughs> Oh, I would, I would love if they did like a, um, like a shore leave episode as like the epilogue. Like, we went through some rough shit, and now we're all going to not Risa because I'm sick of Risa, but like some, you know, some like pleasure planet. Not, not like a gross sex pleasure planet. Just like you know, space Hawaii or whatever. Vacation planet. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And we're going on a, we're going on a levity episode. Yeah. Yes, with shore leave. <laughs> space. Yes, we'll be turned into children. <laughs> Good. Fine. Lizard and children. And shrunk. Whatever. <laughs> Good. Uh, Devlin, you have something to promote, do you not? I believe you're, something uh, yes. of yours is being uh, published soon. Yeah, my plugs, my plugs. Um, I am, as we say in academia, pending publication. My Very first cool. major article is coming out in uh, Cinephile Journal next month. Ooh, uh, so nice. You can follow that on their website, cinephile.ca. Uh, I'll be posting updates on my Instagram, which is at Devlin Grimm, or on my website, which is devlingrimm.net. Uh, it is about Robocop. Speaking of killer yes. cyborgs in space right. um so i'm pretty excited uh i hope you guys get a chance to read it yeah. yes sounds great i'm looking yeah. forward to that very cool 
and of course, as ever, the website uh, for this show is postatomichorror.com. If you want to write to us, postatomichorror at Gmail. We are on Twitter at Algar, at Robot Matt. Uh, we have our um, fanfic project uh, Endeavor. Uh, episode one has dropped. Episode two, if you are a Patreon uh, uh, contributor, is available. For the rest of you, it will be available uh, April 1st. Yep. Uh, very excited about that. Uh, we were pretty happy with the first episode. Matt wrote mm-hmm. a very uh, personal, uh, very, like, uh, sort of a dark, but not very dark. Not not dark in the way disco gets where we don't like it, but just dealing with some pretty heavy shit. And, mm-hmm. and we were all very happy with how it turned out uh, for episode two. Yeah. So uh, check that out. It's at ussendeavor.com. And, and uh, if you're enjoying Endeavor, please remember to... Uh to uh, review and uh, give us a couple stars for that one. Uh, oh, it looks good on iTunes. Yes, I'm right. gonna go do that right now because I, I really love Endeavor. I'm really looking Aww. forward to the next episode. Thank oh, you. Thank you. We yeah. very much appreciate that. Uh, and and if you do want to uh, uh, contribute to the Patreon for that, uh, for this show, for any of the other stuff that I make, uh, it is Patreon.com/slash/Algar. Uh, even like a buck a month helps. Yeah. Like it's we're we're not necessarily looking for a giant donation so much as just you know something. And everything helps, and everything the, is the nice thing is yeah we're we're dividing it up now between the actual contributors. Like th- this isn't going into my pocket; it's going to the voice actors. Uh, Matt's Matt's getting a cut for a change. Like there's there's people are getting paid for their efforts, and it's very your nice. boy's making folded money now. Yeah, Ooh. exactly. Uh, so uh, please, if if you possibly can, if you enjoy what we do, uh, uh, do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, next week, uh, we have another terrible title coming up. It is Perpetual Infinity. <laughs> that's, that's so dumb. That's no, pretty we're, stupid. We're Isn't so that what fucked. both of those words mean? <laughs> yeah, well, you, look, the lamb cares not for the, the... Shit, I forgot what it was. The shepherd cares... The, the no. butcher's knife cares butcher's, not for the lamb's thank cry. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Which I loved because it's that bloated original series kind of title. I guess so. I don't know. Perpetual Infinity feels like a like one of those DS9 ones that they thought was clever but wasn't. Listen, if there's one thing I if there's one thing I've learned from writing Star Trek, it's that titles are hard. I hard disagree. Your episode about depression is called the Serotonin Debacle, and that is perfect. All right, we will be back next week. All right, see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Elgar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2019. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.